When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. CJ Stroud back to throw for the Buckeyes. And down the middle, Emeka Abuka, and he is gone. With Bryce Young. Young is going to take off running. Bryce Young, touchdown, All right, welcome back. Hour three of Sports Talk Saturday getting underway and joining me to talk the quarterbacks you just heard is John Ellis, and you can follow him on Twitter at One Panther Place. John, good afternoon to you, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me. It's uh, been a little while. Hope things are well, my friend. Oh, hey, Nate, how you doing? Things are well down here in the Carolinas, and uh, as always, there's some familiar faces from your neck of the woods down here now, including uh, the legend Frank Reich. So we're That's excited, right. man. The pipeline continues flowing strong, my friend. It uh, it's yes. it just gets it's it's almost it's it's comical at this point. It really is. I mean, I, I've got to do like a research project. You and I had to do a podcast together, just talking about the just the mass uh, number of transfers from one. To the other, I mean, you even think of like Pete Metzelars from back in the day played for us for a cup of coffee. So no, it's good to be back with you, man. It's always like family talking with uh, our friends up there in Buffalo. Same here, my friend, and uh, excited to do it. Obviously, uh, an exciting off season for the Panthers after you know, listen, I mean, a tumultuous past couple of seasons, um, and and now you're moving forward with you know a guy that has a lot of respect across the league and Frank Reich and the coaching staff assembled, and maybe that's where we'll start. I, it's hard to really overstate the coaching staff that's been assembled in Carolina going from, you know, Matt rule who didn't have that NFL experience to now Frank Reich, who is a head coach in the NFL, but it's not just that Frank Reich's a head coach in the NFL. It's the coaching staff that he surrounded himself with in Carolina. And it's one of the most impressive I've seen from a new head coach coming into a new situation. Yeah, Nate, it really is uh, quite the contrast. I mean, the, you know, David Tepper came into this uh, ownership opportunity in 2018. Obviously you want your own coach, you try to make a splash with Matt Rule, and, and as we chronicled here, that just was never going to work. He just didn't have the chops to, to make it, and we wish him all the best in Nebraska. But you, you really you start the framework with this coaching staff by going back in your coaching search and looking in-depth at guys who have not just offensive acumen. They gave Steve Wilkes a very fair opportunity here, along with others. But to really find somebody who could not only have offensive acumen, but could network around the league – and pull together some people and be a guy that could put his ego aside. Frank Reich, as you know, is that guy. So 
there's the first component. The second component would be the fact that David Tepper, who has been much maligned here, I'll give him a lot of credit. Look, and I've been critical of, of Mr. Tepper here at times due to some decisions I didn't think were great from a football perspective, but let's face it. He pulled the trigger on Matt rule at the right time last year, gave Steve Wilkes a chance to take this team to a respectable, you know, seven win season. Steve gets a great opportunity in San Francisco now, and then you have a chance now to leverage your fortune because there's no salary cap as he's talked about with coaching staff to bring in the best of the best. And I think it's a real testament, not only to Dave Tepper, but to this entire staff to come together in this way. I mean, you had all-stars, man, like Deuce Staley's the running back coach, assistant head coach. Of course, you got Thomas Brown from LA and uh, Dom Capers is back in the building. Um, Obviously, a Jairo Evero. There's too many to name, really. And you've got just a wonderful cast of characters there who have a great deal of NFL acumen. And, look, we've been starving for that. You guys, I know you've dealt with your ups and downs with Sean McDermott, but that's an NFL staff. We had what resembled sort of a hybrid NFL college staff down here, and it took its toll. So there's a real comfort level, I think, for fans now, knowing they're going into the season, whomever quarterback they choose with the best of the best, not to mention Jim Caldwell as well, to train this rookie quarterback up, whoever it might be. Yeah, and listen, I I think that's kind of where the conversation goes now, is insulating a young quarterback with, you know, a guy in Josh McCown who in in league circles was, you know, being talked about for head coaching jobs. And, and, you know, everybody that watched Hard Knocks, I think, came away thinking Deuce Staley is going to be a head coach in this league um, very soon. And, you know, Thomas Brown's an up-and-coming young offensive mind who, you know, was we know the McVay tree has been incredibly successful across the NFL. And then obviously Frank Reich, a guy who, um, you know, in his own right has developed young quarterbacks and um, has is a, a very unique um, offensive mind. And, you know, I, I think when you talk about setting your, your you know, your, your rookie quarterback up for success, John, part of the conversation has to be how you instantly him with coaching and development and then obviously the the player personnel that stuff also matters but I think first and foremost this is an organization that has set the stage to draft the quarterback of the future and that can't be said in every other franchise no that's spot on Nate look and I forgot about Josh McCown there's so many of them McCown has been central uh to all these pro day meetings and he's obviously got some influence there and I love McCown's work. He did a lot of work with our friend Josh Norris on, uh, you know, Underdog Fantasy with that scheme show they did. And he got a real sense of these quarterbacks from tape study just as a podcaster with Josh. And now he's back in the league as a coach, and you love to see it. He's a Charlotte guy, uh, has been around the area for a long time. And he will be right at the front of the line there with, you know, guys like Jim Caldwell, Thomas Brown. Deuce Daly will have a heavy influence in the run game, the offensive line with James Campen. The framework, like I said, is there for success so really wherever they go here and we'll get into the quarterbacks here one 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 i'm sure because they they've seen them all the the traveling caravan has gone from columbus and uh, they've gone all the way down to tuscaloosa and then up to lexington they'll check out richardson too um i really think it's between stroud and young to me just based on what you get a sense of in that building and i i do think there are preferences here or there there's never a consensus they build towards that i don't know where the owner is on this but I will say, to your point, between McCown, between all the other offensive staffers they have there, and most importantly, Frank Reich, who, as you know, played in this league, has been in so many high-leverage situations as a player, as a coordinator, as a quarterback coach, and now as a head coach even in Indy, the, the table is set. So really, the quarterback they take, it's hard to project these guys, man. How good can they be? Will they be? The draft can be a crapshoot. But there's really no reason to believe 
that he couldn't succeed by virtue of the coaching staff being a mess because it's not. It's absolutely in place. And honestly, the personnel is getting better. They lost D.J. Moore to get up to the number one pick, but they've added some guys at the skill positions there with uh, Adam Thielen and, of course, D.J. Chark, and they've got Miles Sanders in the mix, a comfort level with that offensive scheme. So, again, I, I think they're just trying to work in some personnel pieces that fit what Frank Reich wants. It's not necessarily size. It's just catch radius at the receiver position. D.J. will be missed. He was an excellent player here, but they had to make a move to get up to one because at nine, Nate, there was just uh, there's so much buzz now. You don't know if Richardson will even be there. Yeah, or Levis. I mean, it's possible all four are gone by the time nine comes around. So, uh, you know, listen, John. I'm. I don't know if you knew this about me, but you know, I'm I'm in sales full time, and I wanted to give you an opportunity to sell yourself on which of these quarterbacks, um, you know, you think is is a the best fit for what they've set up there in Carolina. You know, kind of the the franchise, the community who who kind of has the best fit. And I wanted you to start by selling C.J. Stroud because I think you know I, you know I know your buddies with Mark Schofield. That was kind of his is like draft C.J. Stroud benefit and just, you know, build your franchise around that guy. Is that kind of where your head's at, too? Like, is he sort of plan A? For me, he would be. And, Nate, I think for a lot of people in that building, I would get the sense that if if he's not plan A, he's certainly right there at the top of their list with Young in terms of Stroud just has the prototypical size, frame at the quarterback position 6'3", 213. That's not everything. We'll get to the frame issue in a minute with Young because that is a concern. But with Stroud, there are some things to look at. If I had to say, here's how I'm selling them to you, it's the triangle read type of offense with Frank Reich where everything is sort of mesh inside the numbers. He has great acumen in that department. He sees the field well, great touch, and you watch him throw the football. Somebody brought up, and I forget who it is, and I want to give them the proper credit, the mention, like, a, you're a golfer, too. You know, this a, a repeatable motion like Adam Scott. And C.J. Stroud has the most fundamentally sound mechanics of any quarterback I've seen in probably a couple of years. Um, and, and guys come and go like this. I mean, we've had Sam Darnold here who's got one foot here, one foot there. The footwork has been bad. He is the exact opposite of that. So mechanically speaking, he's ready to go. Now, the, the cons, what do you worry about? Well, I don't worry about the helmet. I don't worry about Ohio State, the history, the lineage. Yep. You see, Justin Fields is ascending now. The Ryan Day offense does present some options for a quarterback. We know that. We know it can be a quarterback-friendly system. We know he had a lot of weapons to work with there. Quarterbacks have had that before. Joe Burrow has had that at LSU. It, it translated just fine up there. Took a year or two, and that might be what happens here. But is his ceiling, and we're getting the terms here that get kind of goofy, and I've talked to scouts all the time, and some laugh at me when I say ceiling and floor, but they look at Stroud, I think, is, is sort of a safer pick for maybe the scheme structurally here, just guys that are not in that building, but guys who understand what the NFL game is all about, that have scouted these coaches and, and scouted these uh, players over the years. And I think, to me, just he, he feels like a more complete quarterback for what Frank Reich wants. That being said, you know, the guy you're probably going to bring up next, uh, Bryce Young, has got a lot going for him as well. 
Yeah, he just brings a unique set of skills that I don't think any of the other quarterbacks have. And Anthony Richardson also has it in kind of a different way, a more Josh Allen, a more powerful way, where Bryce Young is more charismatic on the field. I think that's a word that I really like using for him because it all looks very slow motion for him. And when you're his size in the SEC, playing against SEC defenses regularly week in and week out, when when the game looks slow – and he looks so polished, but is yeah. also very instinctual as, you know, he's one of those rare people with that athleticism that he doesn't necessarily use as a runner, but uses as an opportunity to find, for his size, he does a great job finding passing lanes by using his athleticism to move the pocket and to, um, you know, to... to like that athleticism that you hear people talk about, like with Dan Marino, right? Like what a great athlete Dan Marino was. And you're like, what? I mean, he never ran yeah. the football, but it was within the confines of the pocket. And I, and I view him in a very similar light. Yeah, look, you know, and if, if he had just a couple of more pounds and inches to his frame and height, we probably wouldn't be having this discussion. And I'll be honest with you here, Nate. This is in my view, uh, my co-host Billy Marshall, the World Podcast, you mentioned that earlier. You know, Billy, we're going to have a pot here next week, and, and he uh, right now his QB1 is Bryce Young, and Billy does a lot of film study, and I, I trust his opinion. I guess I lean more towards Stroud right now just because I feel like there's a little more of that, uh, you know, the measurables you look for. Now, the positives about Young, and we're going to get to the measurables here in a minute because th- those are vital, and this comes from, again, a couple of scouts I talked to this week and just my own, you know, 20 years of covering this league. The good thing about Young when you watch him, you mentioned a lot of the traits he has. It looks like he's holding that ball like a feather in a good way when he's in the pocket. Doesn't it's everything look so white? It. And yeah. it, it's just, I mean, he looks, a guy that I think of is Bill Walsh, and I know this is a tangent here. Walsh always talked about the gracefulness of a drop and, and how light everything looks. And Montana had that. And Young has a lot of that just poise and comfort in the pocket, and he's unflappable. Yeah, my good buddy Damon Parson from uh, Draft Network was on my show yesterday down here at Fox Sports Update, and you know he made a great analogy. He said in that LSU game, again LSU ended up winning that game in overtime, but he has to go to length of the field to get down in field goal range to tie it. There's 120,000 screaming fans down there in the bayou, and he comes out, and Damon's quote was, "He's a psycho. He's out there smiling and giggling and looking around." And you're right about the charisma. He's got it. CJ is a little more reserved, and that's fine. Maybe that fits Frank Reich's uh, style there. He's much the same way. But the the big problem with Young, and this is just gets right down to the fact that I've talked to a couple of guys who have scouted this league. I've talked to a guy who has worked in the NFL, not only as a former player, but has also been on the network side and is now out of the game right now. Uh, he, they all say the same thing. It's not the height. It's the frame. Hmm. One guy told me he's got high schoolers out there that have about the same frame as Young from the waist up, and they're worried that he won't get through a full season. Now, SEC defenders, they're big, man. You know how big they are. They're just like NFL. But the game ticks a little faster. Guy in your division, Tua Tunga Viola. Again, he's got a little more thickness to his frame, about the same height, maybe a little taller. And Tua gets whipped around like a rag doll, and you hate to see that. And I just think as brave as Young is in the pocket, all it takes is a couple of bad hits. And I know the rules protect the quarterbacks. But this isn't just me talking in the thin air trying to talk myself out of Young. I think he's the best pure passer in this draft. I think he's the best quarterback 
in terms of the throwing side, the anticipation side in this draft. That's just my opinion. But the frame worries me. And I think there's some people in that building that will probably come to that conclusion when it gets close to drafting. They could very well take Bryce Young. So I'm not suggesting they won't. I'm just saying for, for my sake, for my view, it's a fascinating choice because he could be the highest ceiling, as we talk that word again, guy of this bunch. He could take off and get into that, you know, Russell Wilson early career, Mahomes right now kind of stratosphere with his acumen, timing, anticipation, you know, just that charisma he has. And then Stroud can end up being kind of one of these guys that maybe didn't measure up like we thought he would. And that's the real challenge here with being number one overall. It's You run the draft, you have choices. You, of course, you have Richardson and Levis. They're visiting there. I, I just don't think they're at number one going to pick either one of those other two guys. But Young, man, he is a fascinating prospect. I just wish he was around 210 and maybe about, you know, six feet. Again, the height's kind of secondary. It's the frame. So just keep that in mind. That's not really a sales pitch. I hate to down the guy, <laughs> but he is a fascinating prospect. And I can't stress enough. That ease of motion in the pocket and yeah. the, just the, the calmness he has, that can go a long way. And he can protect himself now. He did it at SEC, did it down there in Alabama. He was able to preserve his body. I would suggest looking at some Russell Wilson tape on how to get on the ground, slide, don't take any hits, because that will be an issue. And, again, two different scouts that have worked in this league for a long time say it. I'm listening. Yeah, he, he, should, he should avoid watching Josh Allen film is what you're saying. And Cam Newton film. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's a whole different – yeah, he will not survive six weeks in this league. As somebody told me yesterday, if he tries to take those hits. And, they, you know, there's guys, Nate, if you allow me just a second. Yeah, of course. There have been frame concerns. Scouts have told me. And, again, you know these guys over a couple years here talking about draft prospects. They had frame concerns about Zach Wilson. They had frame concerns about Trevor Lawrence. But you kind of offset that with the fact that they're – built a little higher to the ground there and they can see the field and Lawrence obviously had exceptional arm talent was at a unanimous number one pick I hate being the guy that says oh you know he's only 510 it's not the 510 thing once again man it's just the law of averages and just yeah. physics if he takes those kind of hits that you see every Sunday you know, and you got some fierce defenders out there in the NFC South that are chasing your ass down man. It, yeah. it's only a matter of time before oh here we go Who's your backup? Because Bryce is out for three or four weeks. I'd love to see him here. I just I don't know how he stays healthy with that frame. But again, uh, it's not being a hater. It's just being realistic. It's it's also John maybe why I'm not completely sold. He goes number two, and I know that like in in, in basically what I'm seeing. And now we got a month to the draft, so so. You know, there's time for things to change. We just got done with oh, pro yeah. days, and in in the boards will start to settle in at the top. But yeah. You know, I think the consensus is C.J. Stroud one, Bryce Young two, and I think that's probably right. But I might want to reserve a little bit of, I don't know, maybe maybe reserve yeah. a little bit of confidence that Anthony Richardson might move up just to, just like high enough on people's boards to I maybe have Houston take it. a job. You know, or yeah. and it wouldn't shock me if Will Levis. Was a guy that 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 hopped into that top three conversation, top two conversation either. Um, this is a unique quarterback class, John. Like they all sort of pose a little bit of a different kind of style of football. Where you know, with Richardson, he's that yeah. raw talent, um, and so is Levis at times. Like Levis has shown some of that raw 
quarterback. He's got that arm that that I think is probably in terms of this draft class, he's probably got the poppiest arm talent out of any of these guys. Richardson's right up there too, but. You know, with with Levis, I've always been a little concerned about sort of the laziness that you saw on film at times at Kentucky and um, lazy eyes and the processing. And, and I think if you're taking a quarterback in the top three in any draft, I think processing has to maybe be one of the very top check marks you want to check off even before you get into those raw skills. Look, I think with Levis, the, the big thing with, with Will in – that's probably the one prospect I have studied the least so far because if we're getting close to the draft here, I just started ripping into his tape. He went through some coordinator changes in Kentucky, and they had some issues there keeping him healthy. He got dinged up a little bit. He played. He was tough, physical. And I think the label gets put on Levis a little bit as the guy who's, oh, here we go, the guy with the cannon arm, and, oh, he's got bad footwork. Well, some of that's true. I mean, the footwork does get a little shoddy, and as – we're uh, quite familiar down here over the past few years between Mayfield, between Darnold, with the, uh, I, let's just say, the, the trait of insufficient footwork. <laughs> um, you want to have that complete sort of framework of mechanics down pat when you're taking a guy number one, number two, number three overall. That's where Young and Stroud kind of set themselves apart. But, you know, Levis can throw the rock. He's physical. He's got some Josh Allen traits about him. Looks physically a little bit like Andrew Luck, Cam Newton in a way. It just He can be a running type of threat for you. Again, scheme fit is everything. There's also this too with Richardson. You know, he could also soar up the board here to number two. There's just so much jockeying. You're exactly right. It's a fascinating draft in, in two areas. Number one, you've got teams that all have specific scheme type of concepts that will, in a lot of ways, a lot of ways guide them in terms of what quarterback they take. Now, it won't override the fact that, hey, this guy is special, next level. We can adapt our scheme around him. But for what Frank Reich has always tried to adapt to offensively, young Stroud would be the better fits, I think. They could run Richardson into that RPO system, and, and he could be a dynamic guy. But I, I don't think he moved to the number one just based on what I've seen for Richardson. Now he could be number three, number five. I mean, would somebody trades up with Arizona maybe. I thought initially Carolina might try that, but, uh, you know, the cost was pretty equal to what Chicago wanted. And I'll say this, too. One other thing, again, just scouts around the league will talk about. One had told me that teams might be shopping a little hungry this year because last year the quarterbacks, you had Kenny Pickett first round. A lot of these guys kind of slid. We knew Matt Corral, our guy we picked there from, uh, of course, Ole Miss was a third-rounder. You know, others, Sam Howell. So it was really sort of a quarterback empty draft. No disrespect to those guys, but this year you have a, a, a cluster of teams really right there in the mix that feel like, okay, a Carolina especially, uh, given the fact that they gave all that up to get up to number one, they feel the urgency that right now is the time, enough screwing around, much like they did last year with the left tackle situation that hadn't been addressed in years. This is the year we go up and get them. And they say they have conviction about several guys. I don't disagree with them, and I don't doubt they do. There are a lot of opinions in that building and a lot of good opinions and a lot of qualified people working that board. Uh, Once again, Levis, to me, at number one overall, I I just don't see enough there to justify it when you still got Stroud there with those mechanics and that acumen and that accuracy. And, and again, Bryce Young, for all I said about his frame and the the ability to stay healthy – He's protected himself well at Alabama, so he has not proven to be overly injury-prone. 
I think one of those two guys is it. And, and we're excited down here to see who it is. Even if it's Richardson or Levis, man, at least it's something. At least, you know, you know you've got coaches there that can work these guys in the right direction. And just, by the way, Josh Allen, a lot of people were down on him early on, man. Yep. You remember. And they develop him in the MVP type of player. So it's, it's going to be fun down here, we hope. Yeah, it's the... It's the I think he's the perfect story of having the right offensive staff and the right offensive system in place with Brian Dable, obviously, wins Coach of the Year. I mean, the, the rest is history there. Last thing I wanted to ask you, John, just about the two additions at wide receiver. Obviously, DJ Moore out, Adam Thielen and DJ Chark in. What, what do you think you guys are getting over there um, with a little bit of a, I would say, well, let's say vastly different stylistically um, from DJ Moore, who is kind of like that ideal middle-of-the-field intermediate throw pass catcher to, 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 uh, to a guy in Adam Thielen who is certainly on the back end of his career, but still still has some football left in him. And DJ Chark, who I think is a really interesting name, um, someone that I had kind of thought was going to maybe get a multi-year deal, but ended up signing a one-year deal. He, he could really be find himself in a position to be like number one, number two wide receiver there in Carolina. Yeah, you know, I think the idea here is, you know, we, we get this notion that size, Frank Reich, he's all about size, the quarterbacks, receivers, that's not really the case. He's had receivers in the past, and so has Andy Reid, who he's worked with, that are not necessarily guys that, that 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", frame like Thielen and Chark. Now they have Terrace Marshall, the second-year player out of LSU, who's emerging. And, you know, it is interesting, one guy who used to work in that, you know, Andy Reid, Frank Reich kind of tree had told me the other day that, it's really kind of a catch radius preference maybe than more than the size and frame. They, they just want guys. And maybe that's due to the fact that there's going to be a rookie in the house. You got Hayden Hurst at tight end as well. So these are big targets and Chark, Look, if he can stay on the field, as you mentioned, it's a guy who's fascinating. He had 16 and a half uh, yards per reception last year. Uh, he caught one over Darius Slay in the season opener, caught a, another deep one down here in Carolina in coverage. And, I, I saw him as a guy that, okay, you know what, if, if Moore ever got dealt, and there were rumblings that you know, either D.J. Moore, Brian Burns, were, were eventually going to get traded away for assets, and you saw what happened with McCaffrey, so we were on alert that somebody was going to go, and sure enough, it was D.J. That was one of those guys within this structure. I said, you know what, boundary X type of guy, or he can play the Z, vertical threat. Thielen will be the slot guy in a lot of ways because that's what he played in Minnesota, and Frank, runs that slot position within that offensive structure. You see what Doug Peterson does a lot down there with Christian Kirk. You'll see a lot of the same concepts with Thielen. And look, Adam, I know Justin Jefferson has been taking the league by storm, but very quietly with less of a target share, Adam Thielen has 30 touchdowns over the last three years. I mean, that's the kind of production you like to see. He's been playing with, you know, just an ATM machine up there with Kirk Cousins in terms of regular season touchdown performance. But needless to say, he's still got it. And I think the deal he signed gives him sort of a second win, an opportunity to, you know, take a leadership role here as the, the guy in the building, much like we've had in the past, and guys like Steve Smith, Musin Muhammad, to say, you know what, you know, DJ's gone. We hate that. We, we love DJ more, but, you know, this is our new core here. And, and look out again for guys like Shy Smith, mm. slot receiver last year that made an impact. LaVisca Chenault, too. You know, I know that name's been bounced around, and he played great uh, in college at Colorado, had a cup of coffee with Jacksonville down the Urban Meyer mess, and I think they got great value for him. He's still on the roster on a pretty low contract, and he is really a special kind of Swiss Army knife gadget player, kind of like Devo Samuel Light. I know he'd be offended if I said that probably. <laughs> Devo's one of one, man. But, you know, LaVisca's got the same traits where you can put him 
you know, in that split back position, you can put him in the jet motion and give him the pop pass. You can put him in the bubble. He's not really a vertical threat. They've got a lot of little things. And then Miles Sanders as well. So, again, the quarterback that comes in the, the fold here, they also have Andy Dalton as sort of a mentor, guide post there as a veteran, and he's got rave reviews there by the staff. Um, you know, if you hear some excitement in the voice here, it's because for the first time in a while, man, the, the season is kind of looking up here for the Panthers because they've, again, got NFL acumen in that building. But, um, yeah, if you had to ask me about who am I selling you on quarterback right now, I'd, I'd stick with Stroud at the moment. But as any good salesman says, uh, offer is subject to change. So That's exactly that right. Next week, my friend. That's exactly <laughs> right. John, I appreciate you so much. Thanks for all the insight, getting us up to date on everything going on in Carolina. Uh, for the folks that are listening, uh, you can hear John. He's got his podcast, The Roar. It's on Blue Wire Pods. He's also the uh, the Panthers pregame host over at the flagship 99.7 The Fox in Charlotte. John, thank you so much, my friend. Appreciate you. Enjoy the uh, the spring here coming up. I'm sure we'll talk again soon, buddy. All right, you too, man. Stay warm up there. All right, I will. John Ellis there on the West Her Hotline. We're going to take a timeout. Other side, Sabres general manager Kevin Adams. He was on yesterday with Chopin Bulldog. We're going to play that back for you here uh, as uh, we get you ready for Devin Levi Watch since we're on Hopkins Watch as well here on WGR. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.